1: Welcome to Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. We are the place at Freightways where we talk about oil and diesel. And since you need to drill to get oil and you need crude oil to make diesel, we call the podcast Drilling Deep. We also bring on a guest of the week, and this week we've got two of them. One is Tim Dean. The other is Angelo Gibson. Both are with Werner. Tim is a driver, and he recently completed 5 million accident-free miles with Werner. Pretty amazing. We're going to talk to Tim about how he did it, and we're going to talk to Angelo about the culture and the training programs at Werner that make such an accomplishment possible. Remember when Jaws 2 came out and its tagline was, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water? Just a classic movie promo line. So just when we thought that oil was going to go up and up, it is starting to fall back. Well, some things that we identify as oil have come back down. West Texas Intermediate, two weeks ago, settled at more than $84 per barrel. As I record this, it is now below $79 per barrel. But what has that meant for diesel? It hasn't really done anything like that. The peak recent settlement was just a few days ago, on Monday of this week, when it settled on the CME Commodity Exchange at just under $3.16 per gallon. It's down a little since then, but not by that much. Crude markets are being hit right now by a variety of factors. One is the strong dollar. As the dollar rises, it tends to make oil go down. And in the last month, the dollar has climbed, and you've seen that delayed reaction now in the price of oil. There are various economic indicators coming out of Europe and China that add a bearish downward push to the oil markets. But diesel? Well, it hasn't happened there, and there are a variety of reasons. We've talked before about the tight inventories of diesel worldwide, so we won't go over that again today. But let's focus on something a little more narrow when it comes to inventories, the U.S. East Coast. Last year, at its peak spread, the price of diesel on the East Coast got to be more than 30 cents a gallon above the national average. That was in part because inventories on the East Coast had gotten so tight. Normally, the East Coast doesn't trade at any kind of steady, significant premium to the national average. I hate to say this, but those East Coast inventories are tight again. There's fresh data about to come out as I record this, so I won't go into numbers, but inventories of ultra-low sulfur diesel on the East Coast are not where they should be. That is what led to the tight market of last year that sent East Coast diesel prices screaming about where the rest of the country was at. What's looming ahead, as reported this week by Argus Media, is that two big East Coast refiners are going down for maintenance over the next few months. Let's talk about maintenance. Refiners do their heavy maintenance in the late winter, early spring, or in the fall. And maintenance doesn't mean just sending out a couple of guys with wrenches and hammers to fix a few things. It is an extensive capital project that often sees outside contractors come in with hundreds of workers to get the job done. These maintenance projects are booked off in years in advance. Refiners can tell you right now That they may may be rebuilding a catcracker at a certain facility two years from now. So it's not shocking that, as Argus reported, that a refinery operated by Irving Oil in Canada's New Brunswick is going offline for about seven weeks, starting in September. That is going to take 320,000 barrels a day of capacity offline. That is a big refinery. Also this fall, Delta Airlines will take a Philadelphia area refinery offline for several weeks its capacity is 190,000 barrels per day. That sort of withdrawal of capacity for that long will make building those East Coast diesel inventories a real challenge. When the weekly EIA average retail diesel information comes out on Mondays, be sure to look past that national average. Take a look at the East Coast number. See if it is blowing hot, blowing out, compared to the rest of the country. So far, it has not but it was as recently as April when it was more than 30 cents above the rest of the country. A big spread between the national average and the actual price on the ground in the East Coast, what's being sold at the pumps, is going to be a problem for truckers whose fuel surcharge is set to the national average, but who are buying fuel on the East Coast. That sort of spread is unusual and certainly was not envisioned in fuel fuel surcharge structure. It may be the diesel issue of the winter. Time to move on here now on Drilling Deep. Five million miles without an accident. It really is an amazing number. We've got as our guest today somebody who did it. He's Tim Dean of Werner Enterprises, and he's here today with Angelo Gibson, Werner's Vice President of Operations, and they are here to talk about how this accomplishment could get done. They're both in the, the Werner headquarters in Omaha, Nebraska. So Tim, Tim's on the left and Angelo's on the right. Uh, welcome to Drilling Deep, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us, John. So let me go over Tim's uh, career a little bit, because there's more than just 5 million miles. In addition to that, he uh, in between 2009 and 2010, he served as an ATA America's road team captain. He's also been a Werner road team captain and mentor since 2005. For 20, if, let me make stress, you joined the company in 1988, Okay. For 22 years, Tim has competed in the Nebraska Truck Driving Championships, placing first in his class nine times, and earning Grand Champion recognition in 2012 and 2018. He was awarded the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance uh, IDEA, that's the International Driver Excellence Award, in 2019. In addition, he was named the Nebraska Trucking Association's Driver of the Year in 2019. I I don't know if there's any honorary, not just honorary titles, uh, titles that you haven't uh, grabbed, Tim. But uh, anyway, congratulations on all that. Thank you very much. So where were you when you crossed that five million mile mark? Uh, obviously, you were on the road. Were you close to Omaha or were you in the state of Washington or Georgia or where were you? And, and did you know when that, no- when that moment had happened? Um, pretty much I knew within probably about
0: 30 mile stretch with technology today and we have an app that's kind of like, I guess you'd call it, uh, keeps track of your cumulative miles. So I I happened to be on a at a dedicated account, and I was in the state of Wisconsin, um, about 15 miles out of Fort Atkinson. So, yeah, I, I pretty much kind of knew where it happened. Uh, there was no Y2K there so we just continued safely and looking forward to that next mile you know as a safe driver there's a time to celebrate it but while you're driving you get stay focused on one mile at a time
1: right when you want to hold off that how fast did they alert you you're a dispatcher or somebody else that weren't saying hey tim you know you cross this you cross this uh, milestone um they
0: kept it kind of a secret there um I was re- on a next run, they routed me to the Omaha terminal and said that, that uh, basically just they wanted to talk to me, and I kind of assumed that it had something to do with that. So uh, I dropped my load on our yard and proceeded over to the main terminal to find out they invited my family and all the office personnel and did a uh, welcome home celebration probably about a 500 miles after I accomplished it, but the next round trip back to the yard, they did a great celebration for it.
1: That's great. I always think of the movie Up in the Air. I don't know if you saw that, but when George Clooney hits something like seven million miles on American, and they they announce it on the plane, and the pilot comes back, and they give him champagne. You know, like it's easier to do when. Uh, Uh, But George Clooney wasn't flying the plane. He was just sitting so he could do that. So let me just ask you about your kind of basic philosophy towards safety, if you could sum it up. I mean, I'm sure you could probably go on for a half hour on this, but there must be some fundamental beliefs and fundamental practices that you have in regards to safety to get 5 million miles without an accident. Well,
0: the safety of the motor in public requires me, I mean, the first thing, you know, obvious start of your day is make sure your equipment's ready to go. Know where you're going, know what type of weather you may occur. Then, once all the puzzle pieces come together, putting it in motion that next mile, and you take it, heightened awareness, you know, always keeping the attentive of the safety of everybody, not only myself, but everybody around me, uh, being courteous and try to make sure that maybe somebody else's inattentive action don't involve me in an accident.
1: So, Yeah, you know, I, I'm thinking about the one ride I took in an automated truck and uh, without getting into the, whether that's the future or not. But at one point there was somebody coming in and the truck slowed down on its own. And as the the person who was taking me on this ride said, the truck has no ego. And I would imagine that's probably part of it, too, kind of the, some of the things you say about courtesy, et cetera, as being a reason why you could go 5 million miles without an accident.
0: I, I would agree immensely. And uh, like said, it's knowing everybody in the vehicles around me and myself, you know, we're all the objectives to get them to or get me to where I got to go safely and give them a clear path so that they could get to where they need to go safely as well.
1: Yeah. So Angela, what have you learned from Tim? What has Werner learned from Tim? I mean, when you've got a a driver with these kind of accomplishments, there's got to be things that you take from them about the way they conduct themselves on the road that then presumably you're going to try to pass on to your other drivers. When you look at Tim and and you say like okay, how,
2: how he did this, what are some of your key takeaways? Yeah. So, you know, we talk about you know, Tim in a light of like he, he's one of the most passionate guys you'll meet about his job, about what happens on the road, about, you know, the safety of the motoring public, you know, all of that. He, like, he really truly believes in it and he'll talk about it with anybody he comes across. And it doesn't matter if you're a driver, mechanic, you know, off, whatever, it doesn't matter. He's, the passion is, is always there. and And that's, that's what we find, um, you know, most um, promising there, and and what makes us most proud and know that we're fortunate to have Tim Tim a part of Warner Enterprises um, are are those things. You know, he talked a little bit about you know understanding the big picture, you know, having courtesy out there, and and we we actually utilize a program called Smith System, which fundamentally talks about always understanding the big picture, know what's going on in front of you, around you, you know, just having, having your head on a swivel and being prepared for anything out on the road and taking it, you know, mile by mile. Um, And that's what Tim truly, truly believes in. And he practices it every single day. Um, And, and it's something that we reinforce with our entire fleet because we know how important it is. And also, you know, what, what happens when you truly practice that all the time. And, you know, Tim is a great example in, in his achievement at 5 million uh, accident-free miles, right? He's he's definitely doing something very right there. So uh, we're, we're truly proud of him.
1: Now, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, your, your title there, Werner is VP of Operations. How, how does that fit in compared to the drivers? How, do the drivers ultimately report up to you or is just the
2: overall issue of safety under your remit? yeah, so uh, you know essentially, if you think about you know the day in the life of our professional drivers, uh, primarily within our our one way team, uh, that that's my team, right? Making sure I mean, there's there's some core things, you know our, our core values, you know our foundation is integrity at the top of 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 those the you know the other pillars, safety and service, right? we We provide um, an excellent service product to our customers. Um, but we can't do any of that without, without safety. And so my team really, um, encompasses all of that, uh, you know, and, and also making sure drivers have the best support that they can, they can get that that's so important to make sure they have the resources and tools out there. And I, but I would also say it's collaborative. We're very collaborative at Warner enterprises. Obviously we have a safety, uh, department, you know, they specialize in safety and, and, uh, but, it's it's so collaborative you know back and forth with with the operations teams with the safety teams with with our professional drivers we're always looking for feedback um in in all of those directions between the groups so yeah we specialize you know in 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 you know the professional driver experience but it's far more than that and and one thing that's so great about Werner is it's so collaborative across departments and uh we'll ask tim for feedback all the time and get his expertise on on things if if we're thinking about doing something a little bit different so i i i appreciate that immensely at Warner that that we can be so collaborative like that so so tim it's not just that you did
1: five million miles but you've been driving since 1988 uh you've and and it is that you've done five million miles and you've done them safely uh you, what is the status of safety on the road today look people always say oh it's so terrible today. It used to be a lot better. And, you know, I don't know that there's really data to uh, data to back that up. It's, you know, the one kind of piece of data you can find would be accident rates or uh, death rates. And, you know, they've actually dropped quite a bit, even though this seems to start to come back. But, you know, on, on the one hand, you've got more safety tools at your disposal. On the other hand, you're also competing out there with uh, distracted driving, which is suddenly something you didn't have to deal with in 1988. What is your kind of state of the union in terms of safety on the roads in general, not just truckers, but the cars that you're riding alongside with? Well,
0: distracted driving's always been a part of the job, um, being aware of those around you. You know, for me, a lot of the education I received through our quarterly safety meetings or the technology orders invested has helped with the volumes. It's not so much there's an increased amount of distracted driving, it's the volume of traffic out there makes it look a little more like there's a higher distracted driver than rate out there. The biggest thing as the industry, what we do, whether it's through the share of the road program, is try to help educate the motoring public. How to share the road with semi so we all can get to our destination safely.
1: Let me ask you, are you driving a standard truck or are you driving uh, automatic transmission?
0: Um, I'm blessed. I, I continue to drive a manual transmission. Um, the company, that's what I've been driven. They give me the option as a 10 year driver. So I'm one of few that still like to have that shifter. Do
1: do you think that's, I mean, I I was going to say, is is that a is that a factor of safety today? I would think that if you're driving manual, you might be a little more prone to an accident, not necessarily a major one, but you know, you're in the wrong gear and you're backing up whatever. We're automatic, I would think. Okay, again, I'm not behind the wheel, but maybe be a little safety boost, obviously not a factor for you. Do you see do you sense any difference at all between manual and, and automatic transmission? Uh you know, I
0: could speak on behalf of Warner as in we're definitely training our drivers to be aware of, you know, having that technology and, you know, being aware of that doesn't give you the right to not be focused on your job. Um, a lot of the it, the ma- automated transmissions actually give the driver's opportunity stay a little more focused on what's going around them instead of per se trying to figure out which gear to put the shifter in so i would you know uh, it's a personal preference why i still drive one because i was educated on it but today's industry with the technology and everything having that coordination between the Warning devices and the transmission that gives the driver the opportunity to stay more focused on what's going around them instead of trying to fit it in gear. I'll
2: just jump in, John, if it's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there is some inherent um, maybe benefit to having an automatic or automated manual transmission. Um, but still, we, we still reinforce and we have continuous learnings for our drivers, regardless of transmission you know, how, how to be safe out on the road, right? What are the right steps? And, you know, I talked a little bit about Smith, but always regardless of of being aware, see the big picture, just regardless of of transmission, we have, we have the same culture for everybody So,
1: Angelo, how have you utilized Tim? I'm I'm sure with an asset like that in training and education, you know, you're going to turn to him, not just for you to take in, but also to present him two other drivers in who are working for Warner or in training for Warner as what can be done, what can be accomplished. So how have you, uh, you, I hate to say an asset that sounds like he's not a person, <laughs> he's very much a person, but how have you used his capabilities and his record?
2: Yeah. So he, Tim's actually a part of our road team. I think, I think you talked about that. He's actually co-chair of Warner's road team. And we've got, we established that group many years ago, but still, um, utilize uh, the the team of of road team captains today to be out there on the road to be ambassadors to spread the the word, spread Tim's message, and in the other other group, uh, just about everything we're talking about here, safety and how important it is, making sure that the newer um, generation, the the younger um, drivers, newer to the industry, um, are hearing Tim's story. I really believe you know Tim hitting five million you know accident free miles um, is is a great message for other drivers and I think paves a way for other drivers to to see what they can accomplish and and how to do it all very, very safely. Um, so we utilized Tim heavily on uh, on many different um, initiatives and projects and but I think the one that stands out is just his willingness to be a part of the road team and I, he's on every day every minute out on the road and he knows he's an ambassador and he's he's going to keep passing on that message and it's kind of that that pay it forward scenario the more drivers he's talking to the more they're going to talk to and they are going to keep that message alive and again we've got other road team captains that share their stories and and do the same thing as well so it's it's important that we've got we've got tim out there I, he just he we, we love his story we love his message and again, just think we're very fortunate to have him on the team. So I, I've probably said that too much, but, um, <laughs> okay. but I, Tim, truly, I mean, I mean, we're, yeah. we are fortunate. So, so Tim, you know,
1: 5 million miles, you probably had a couple of close calls. I'm going to go right ahead and say it was the other guy's fault, but what was the closest call you had to that streak being broken? You know,
0: uh, I really don't recall any. All I know is today with the, uh, Technology, the uh, lane, the warning devices and everything has uh, alerted me to maybe potentials and what you would call a close call did not become that close call because I was forewarned about it. Um, You know, it's always, whether you drive a car, truck, ride a bicycle, uh, I'd be remiss to say that I've never had any. But I tell you, um, every day I I don't dwell on it. I dwell on what we do to continue to be safe on the roads.
1: I mean, beyond just the the, the miles, you've done a lot of years. I mean, you've been in this business now, I guess, thirty five years. You started. I don't know if you worked anywhere before Warner, but thirty five years of Warner. Uh, Warner, like everybody else, is always battling for recruits to get them in behind the seats. High turnover industry. What would you tell people considering this this uh, career as a reason to do it?
0: Well, having been married uh, tomorrow or Friday, it'd be 39 years to my wife. It's about being committed to working and taking your job on a personal level to make sure you're doing it professionally. The reason why I've stuck with Warner 35 years is the family atmosphere the communication, not only that they provide to me, that I provide to them, that makes Warner the leading company in the nation. Um, when everything that I've done over the years, the opportunities, the multiple different dedicated accounts um, over the years, obviously contracts come and go, but the biggest thing is if One goes, the company's always there finding the right fit to keep, you know, take care of those drivers. Whether you're, you live in Omaha, Nebraska, or you live in California, Texas, Florida, whatever, you know, we, the hands on the company is with the drivers is to provide them that family atmosphere. So they want to be a part of it as well.
1: Angela, let me ask uh, ask you one last question I believe there has been one other five million mile n- non- accident driver in the history of Warner uh, um, I don't know how long ago that was. Uh, what is your take on how much so going back to something Tim said where new equipment new technology et cetera, is making it a lot safer would you
2: agree with that I'm, I assume you would yeah I I mean there's there's a reason why we're we're uh, you know equipping our trucks with you know safety technology collision mitigation, you know, active braking, all of those, those uh, technologies that are coming with the trucks it absolutely gives, uh, gives the drivers, um, uh, you know, another, other tool on the tool belt, if you will. Um, it gives, it, it helps alert them, um, you know, uh, maybe even before the human eye in in some cases. And again, it's, it's just, it's another tool and tool belt. We still, I think that combined with the, you know, reinforcement and the continuous learning that we provide. Um, you, those combined, I absolutely think that that uh you know you get get a safer, safer uh product or scenario out there on the road. So absolutely the technology um is is a benefit. Um and you combine it with continuous learning and and drivers out there making sure that they're practicing everything that that we've said. Yeah, I I, I think you end up end up with with a better product and not having the technology. So kind of a long way around to to get get to the answer there. But I, I really do think it, it's both. It's it's drivers um you know making the safe call and and also utilizing the technology that's coming at the trucks. So yeah.
1: Yeah well to that point you can put in all the technology you want but it does take a driver to make it work. And Tim Dean is a driver who's been making it work and we want to thank him and uh, Angelo Gibson, both of Warner Tim, the driver Angelo, the VP of uh, VP of Operations for talking about Tim's achievement of five million
2: accident-free miles for Warner. Guys, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having us, John. Be we safe, wanted, mile out a time. <laughs> we
1: want to uh, thank you for joining here us uh, on on Drilling Deep. Drilling Deep is part of the Freight Cash family of podcasts. You can find us on all the leading podcast platforms and the video you can see on YouTube. I've been your host, John Kingston, and please. Join us again.